This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word that speaks to us so clearly. And I pray that you would speak to us again this day by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. When we consider today's uh, gospel reading this morning from our 21st century perspective, it can seem like a bit of an odd story. But actually, this parable tells a story that could happen in many a Palestinian village even today. A wedding was a great occasion, not just for the happy couple, but for the community at large. The whole village would often turn out to accompany the couple to their new home, and they they might take the longest possible route so that they can receive all the well wishes of, of the people in the village. And when a couple married in first century Palestine, it would be unlikely that they would go off on a honeymoon. No, they stayed at home, maybe even for a week, keeping open house. The scene Jesus sets focuses on the preparations for a wedding banquet that is to take place, probably in the groom's family home. At an American wedding, a bride may arrive a few minutes late, and that's all in order. Although I do wish they'd be on time, but anyway, I won't go down that road. Um, But in ancient Palestine, it was the bridegroom who would likely be late, and not just by a few minutes. No one would quite know when he would come. And so the custom was that the bridesmaids would be at the place where the celebration was to, to be held, and they'd wait there for the groom to arrive with his bride. And then the bridesmaids and all the rest of the entourage would welcome the happy couple off the streets and into the party. But because nobody knew quite when the bridegroom was going to arrive, they had to be ready. He might come today. He might come tomorrow. He might come in the middle of the night. But whenever he came, once the ceremony started and the party was in in full swing, no latecomers were allowed in. Well, in the parable, five of the bridesmaids were wise and five were foolish. The foolish ones took their lamps, but no spare oil. And the wise ones had extra oil. And on this occasion, the bridegroom took a while to arrive and they fell asleep. But then at midnight, he arrived. Quick, get up, be ready to meet him. The cry goes out. But of course, the foolish bridesmaids don't have any spare oil, so they scurry away to try and get some. I don't know where they were going to get it from. Jesus ends the story with this challenge. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So how, how are we to do that? How are we to be ready for Jesus coming again? And how are we to live lives responsibly as guests of the bridegroom, as citizens of the kingdom of God? And to try and answer those questions, I want to take another closer look at this wonderful parable. And in it, there are at least five challenges. First, 
we need to take a brutal inventory of the facts. The bridesmaids all seemed the same, but they were not. Only half of them were ready. Only half joined the party, and then the doors were shut. And that's quite a solemn warning. You know, it's possible to have a flashlight that looks good, but has dead batteries in it. And of course, then it's useless. It's possible to be in church and in Christian company and yet be a stranger to the Holy Spirit. To enter the kingdom of God, it is necessary not only to accept the invitation to the party, to belong, to be, if, if you like, a bridesmaid, or to have an experience of the wedding, but also one must be willing to live the life of faith. Christians are those who actually follow Jesus. And following Jesus affects everything. Our relationships, our work, our lifestyles, our money, how we behave when no one is looking, the choices that we make in a myriad different ways. And had the five foolish bridesmaids made a brutal inventory of the facts, they might have said, well, we look pretty good, but actually, we're not ready. We don't have enough oil. Commentator Frederick Bruner writes, the lamp oil of experiential Christianity without the reserve oil of discipled Christianity, that, that is to say, an experience of Jesus without obedience to his teachings betrays unbelief and will not find entrance into the end time kingdom. You know, we, we may hear the word repentance and think that it's a kind of churchy word that means to be sorry, but that's not what it means. No doubt the bridesmaids were very sorry about their lack of oil. But what was needed was not them being sorry, but action. When they had arrived, and when they saw, no doubt, the spare oil of the, of the other, the wise bridesmaids, what they should have done, instead of feeling badly about it, was to have turned around and gone and got some spare oil. But they didn't. Maybe they did feel bad about forgetting to bring it. But so what? They didn't do anything about it until it was too late. Now, we come to Jesus very often with our flasks, if you like, empty, in great need or sorrow. Indeed, as we saw just last week, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be what? Filled. They will be filled. Jesus wants to fill our empty flasks. And if you take a brutal inventory of your life, I wonder what are the behaviors, the attitudes, the persistent sins that you need to bring to the foot of the cross and ask Jesus to deal with? What are those things that you need to repent of? So that's the first challenge. Take a brutal inventory of your life and see where you need to repent. 
The second challenge is that we need to realize that some things cannot be shared. I mean, in this story, why didn't the bridesmaids who had extra oil simply share it with those who didn't? Well, what this story illustrates so powerfully is this. There are some things that you can't borrow. And I'm not talking now about lamp oil or batteries. But rather, there are things that you need to possess for yourself, like character, honesty, humility. If you're not who you profess to be, nobody else can stand in for you. And ultimately, and the point of today's parable, surely, is this, that salvation itself is one of those things. It cannot be traded. You cannot borrow Christian faith from a friend, or a parent, or a relative. All of us need to know Jesus, the bridegroom, for ourselves. And all of us need to repent of our sins and turn to Jesus for forgiveness. For one day, Jesus will come again. And on that day, if we do not know him, if we have not repented, it will be too late. And the third challenge is that in the Christian life, we need to be committed for the long haul. Becoming a Christian is just the beginning. When we acknowledge our sin, we repent from it, and we ask for God's forgiveness, and we turn and we follow Jesus, that's how we cross the starting line. But the race is set before us as we follow Jesus day by day toward the finish line. And that race is a race marked by repentance, readiness, and a faithful following of our Lord. The fourth challenge from this parable is this. One day, it will be too late. If you miss a bus and you watch it drive away, it's too late. And too late can be a terrible verdict. And those words can never be more terrible than in relation to the coming again of Jesus. Are you awake? Are you prepared today for Jesus coming again? Or for your life perhaps to end before that day? The foolish bridesmaids failed to take a brutal inventory of the facts. They were not ready. They failed to realize that some things could not be shared. They pleaded in vain for oil that they could not have. They were not committed for the long haul. When the bridegroom returned, they weren't there. And when they finally come back and cry out, Lord, Lord, open to us, it was too late. Time is of the essence. The psalmist writes, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. St. Augustine said, Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. But now, when it is the time of mercy, not when it is the time of judgment. Being ready is about enduring through life's trials of waiting or longing or suffering. 
Today, so rest assured, please, today, it is not too late. Today, you can bring your empty flask for refilling by the Holy Spirit. Today, you can repent. Today is the time to return to the Lord. But one day, it will be too late. You know, if I preach only of God's mercy and grace, but not of his righteousness and judgment, then I fail you. I am preaching only half of the good news, which actually then is not good news at all. And so today, Jesus' challenging words warn us away from judgment. Well, the fifth and final challenge from this parable is simply this. Be alert. Jesus could return any day. And that day may be sooner than we think or further away than we hope. So as we wait, we need a supply of oil that will last. And you know, the Christian life, most of the time, is pretty routine. Day in and day out service that is marked by showing up and being faithful. At home, at work, in season and out of season. With or without great excitement, through the simple practices of giving faithful service to others, in the knowledge that one day we will give an account of all our service to the Lord. By the way, it wasn't wrong for the bridesmaids to, to sleep. The wise and the foolish alike needed their rest. But only the wise had paid attention to what they were called to while they were awake. God does not want us to live in a frenzy, never resting. Of course not. He does not want us to live in constant tension and angst. Being alert for Jesus' coming again is not about running around like crazy, trying to slay all the dragons and temptations that assail us, particularly in our election-filled, pandemic-fueled, stressed-out lives, but rather in confidence and trust, we keep alert as daily we incline our hearts to God and keep his law. As the psalmist reminds us, God is our strength and our refuge. His help, his presence with us is why we will not fear, regardless of what is going on without or within. Our hope, first and foremost, lies not who is in the White House, but in the one who sits on the throne, high and lifted up, Jesus. Keeping awake is about asking God to guide our steps in the things we do each day, no matter how ordinary they may seem. It's about retenting, repenting and turning back to God. It's about staying the course. When we live faithfully, doing what we are called to do and being who we are called to be, in response to God's abundant provision for us, well then, we can sleep at night with a good conscience, knowing that we are ready for the next day and that we're ready for the day when Christ will come again. I, I love the collect for the renewal of life 
in morning prayer for Mondays. I want to just read it to you. The prayer uh, says this, O God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace. That having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You know, we may not have lamps to keep topped up with oil, but our very souls need to be topped up each day with God's love and joy and peace. And that happens. That happens as day by day we read the scriptures, we say our prayers, we repent of our sins, and we live in love and fellowship with one another. And as we gather together like we are right now, week by week, in the presence of God, to praise him, to receive from him in word and sacrament everything that we need for our life and for our salvation. I invite you to bow your heads that we might pray. And perhaps you might open your hands as a symbol of being open to receive from God this morning. Heavenly Father, help us to keep awake as we await your return. Give us the understanding, humility, and grace to follow Jesus. Holy Spirit, please fill us afresh and help us to take that brutal inventory of our lives before you, knowing that you love us, knowing that you long to cleanse and heal, to forgive, and to fill us with your very self. Lead us to repent that we might receive from you, Lord God, that forgiveness which cannot be shared or borrowed. And please help us to stay faithful for the long haul that at the last we may take our seats at the great wedding banquet of Jesus, our bridegroom. And we pray this for your glory. Amen.